This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Back of the Nest. Match Review Podcast. www.backofthenest.com Hello and welcome to the third Back of the Nest Coronavirus Special. I'm Chris Hambling and I'm your host as we try to do our bit to alleviate some of the social distancing boredom. It'll be mainly nonsense, so no change to the normal process. I'll introduce you to the panel after this short message. No paywall, no subscription. Back Back of the the nest. Fan-created podcasts, videos and articles. Free forever. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, my panel today is Mike Scott. All right, man, how you doing? Great, thanks. Um, and we'll come back to you in just a sec. It's also Dr. Kernaz. Hello. Hello, and Nicholas Gillard. Watcher. Watcher indeed. Uh, third show in recent memory, Nick. Exciting times, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Anyway, um, obviously we'll have to start with, I mean, there's going to be some degree of rebuffing some of the comments made during the preview podcast. If you haven't listened to that, please do. But just understand that these people are liars and some of the things they said about me aren't true. (laughs) Some of the things they said about me are, but we won't get into which is which. Otherwise, um, it'll start to become quite confrontational, I believe. But um, anyway, uh, just let's talk a little bit about how we're getting on. Obviously, unprecedented times for all of us. Don't want to be overly serious about it. There's so much, you know, going on and so many reasons to be serious and concerned about everything. But just want to talk a little bit about our individual experiences. For me, I'd just like to share that um I used people's sort of irrational fear and general racism to actually find some toilet paper. So living in a pretty much in a town centre as I do, lots of options for shops, but you know, everything was pretty much stripped bare of all the basic essentials. But I used my reasoning and, and down the road from me is one of those sort of mini mart type shops. It's a little bit like the one on uh, Whitehorse Road in uh, near the ground. It's just called Food and Wine. It's that type of a shop. Uh, but it's run by Chinese people uh, wearing masks. So went in there, shelves absolutely packed, nobody in there. So I was able to to take my pick of the 99p Happy Shopper toilet paper and it was absolutely delightful to uh, to sort of prey on the fears and insecurities of others to um to get the things that I need. And I only bought what I needed. All right. Um, go on, Nick. 
you should have a relationship with your local shopkeeper who will keep milk and toilet roll for you when you WhatsApp him and he'll keep some by. Hit him, are, they all, are they all men, Grandad? No. Well, you said him. Well, yeah, well, the bloke who works there that I get on with. Oh, yeah, I see. You make, it's local community. The community's pulling it together. I, I kept going to his shop when the co-op opened. So he's happy. You know, I, I kept my custom for the local business and it's paying me back. Mm. Well, well, good for you. And I sh- I'm assuming you're using those powers to help others, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I am letting the rest of my family use chocolate <laughs> roll if they've got a good enough reason. Absolutely right. None of this, none of this removing makeup from your daughter or anything like that is is got to be used for for blowing your nose or or other stuff. Yeah, the weird thing is obviously that we all we're all being told quite rightly that if you just carry on your normal habits, there won't be a problem. But it's funny how. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit later on about people's general stupidity. So actually, I'll just leave that there. But I also want to talk about, I've noticed some behavioural changes with myself during isolation. So I think I've been out twice in the last two weeks. So I am starting to suffer a little bit. And I found myself uh, yesterday narrating myself like I was uh, in the Big Brother house for some reason. Didn't really even watch Big Brother past the first couple of series, but it was like, Dear 10 in Chris Humbling's flat. Chris is currently talking to himself for no good reason. And I I literally have gone that insane. Um, But, you know, hopefully it'll all be over soon. Mike, how are you getting on? Well, I mean, that's quite a lighthearted mental image you've put there. But uh, I I would imagine some people are struggling a little bit with mental health. Uh, I know you you didn't want to a downbeat show but uh, definitely if you're having any issues and it, it, it makes you panic a bit thinking you're going to be stuck inside I know I've been worrying about that a fair bit so um, look on the Calm website and stuff like that the campaign against living miserably um, because you don't want to be narrating your own life um, yeah I'm okay I um, I was meant to be in Malaga as I mentioned before so um, myself and my other half have had a bit of a staycation in Hastings this week Um we went into some totally empty pubs where it was just us and the bar people. Um, and then Boris made us feel bad for that because he's a twat. Um, so, and he closed those on Friday. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of getting used to it now. The thought that I'm licking off the two kids in a one-bedroom flat some of the time is uh, is worrying me shitless. But, um, yeah, everyone's got to do their bit, I suppose, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I know it's probably the wrong thing to focus on, but you used the word staycation there. Um, would you like to apologise now? <laughs> uh, you know when I was saying it I thought A I'm being a twat and B Hambo's going to hate that so yeah. uh, yes apology for both of those things <laughs> thanks man appreciate it DR Kerners what the hell have you been doing exactly what the hell have I been doing um, it's been a weird one really because um, all the unis of course are shut and I've got so much work to do but it's just everyone right now because they're inside everyone just doing their own thing socially in terms of like going online on the playstation and stuff like that and i'll be honest i've been distracted (laughs) i've got so much work to do and all this social distancing thing i don't get it it's like we're still allowed to go outside i saw pictures today of people meeting up at victoria park for some um what do you call it for some market so how is it meant to work it's like you are allowed to go outside but don't go outside it's clearly not working and I'm going to get bored if this continues for another six months. So 
can we all collectively join together and try to stay inside for the best of it? Unless you're like me and I have to go outside today because it's Mother's Day and you forgot to buy your mum a gift. <laughs> um, I just sent my mum a text. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, and this pod will probably be out too late for most people. I don't know. You might you might catch it early enough. Well, you know, you're right, Dia. A lot of people um, struggling with the whole concept of social distancing. It seems pretty simple enough, but it's funny what panic does to people, isn't it? But I think if you're seeing other people outside not doing it, that's not a reason to kind of join them. And you, I've seen that a lot with like people taking videos at shops and they're like, oh, I can't believe all these people queuing and panic buying at 7am in Tesco. And it's like, you're you're in Tesco at 7am, <laughs> taking that video, doing your shopping, do you know... Like you're doing the exact same thing, absolutely. That, that might be a routine. That's the thing. Like that might be someone. It's, it's unlikely, isn't it? Let's face it. Oh, okay. The, the older you get, the earlier you do go shopping. I've found. But um, we've. I have to go out and walk the dog, and it's really weird. The dog walkers won't sort of go near each other. Um, we're kind of shouting across the field, but um, it's it's good to get out. I know everybody's got to stay in, but if you can go out and have a walk. That's really, really good for your mental health. Yeah. Really good for your mental health. Definitely. And you, um, you strike me as the sort of man who likes to stand in field shouting anyway, Nick. So probably right. Yeah, yeah. And, and find things to do. I mean, we've, we've we've got three kids at home. I've got somebody who's been studying really, really hard for A-levels, suddenly told, oh, they're not happening. So he's worried about getting his uni place. Uh, the other son's been studying really, really hard and thinking he'll be able to catch up to do well in his GCSEs because he hasn't been well anyway. He's got the um because he's isolated for six months already and now he's got to do it again. But, you know, we've just said he, you, you're well planned for it. But I've bought new strings for the guitars. We've got bought some playing cards. We've got loads of jigsaw puzzles. I've got loads of yeast. We've been baking. We've bought loads of seeds. We're just going to keep as busy as we can. And, you know, I can't play the guitar. I'm going to try and learn, which is really going to piss everybody else in the house off because it's not very big. But, you know. What can you do? It must get boring, though. I, I heard something about divorce rates going up. Um, I don't think it was here. I think it was in China initially, but I'm pretty sure other countries went along with it as well. Because imagine sitting in the house with someone for six months. After a while, you can see their flaws and you must be bored of them. Like, it must be... That, <laughs> luckily, I'm not married. I don't have any of that problem, but I feel for you guys. You know, I feel for some of you. You old romantic, D, are you? I did see, like, loads of types of tweets like this have gone around but um i think the one that stuck in my mind was some some guy tweeted oh, i just spent just spent a full full week in the house with the wife she seems all right you know <laughs> but there you go so yeah i mean you, you kind of it's gonna go one or two ways isn't it more kids and more divorces but um yeah yeah tough tough times for everybody but yeah we got we got pulled together and do the best we can and, you know, concentrate on doing the right things and not worrying about the people that aren't trying to keep them at a distance and kind of what will be will be. So um, just a quick reminder to download the Pitch Sport Football app, Google Pitch Sport Football, and you'll be able to find their website. Download the app and join us on there. Uh, DR often does videos there. Obviously a bit quiet at the moment for good reason, but probably a bit too quiet as they ran a simulation based on uh, Liverpool fans rating players versus Palace fans rating players. And their result was Liverpool to beat Palace 5-0, which was outrageous. Um, so the more of us to get on there and start positively communicating about Palace, the better. Uh, my code on there is KUGKUT, if you want to add me to the mates section um, and start competing against each other with results and all that sort of stuff when the football gets up and going again. 
Uh, but they're still producing content. Check them out on Twitter as well. Um, yeah, great bunch. And uh, we really appreciate their support, uh, continuing to support us with these podcasts in these times. And uh, we'll continue to support them as well. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can, of course, leave us a WhatsApp voice message on 0203 575 Our socials are Instagram at Back of the Nest CPFC. Twitter is at Back of the Nest. Facebook is Back of the Nest. YouTube is Back of the Nest. And email is hi at backofthenest.com. And as always, we really appreciate positive iTunes reviews or your chosen podcast app. Five stars, please. Comments, you can say whatever you want, but just give it five stars. <laughs> Thanks very much. Reviews, predictions, comments and rants. Send us your voice clips on WhatsApp. 0203 575 1266. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So our first topic is football chat. Um, We're going to find some football chat. uh, I'm probably going to start with uh, an update of our team of the decade. You've been getting your votes in over the course of the last few weeks and can continue to do so. Check us out on Twitter to find the details there. There's a lovely survey you can do to put in your team of the decade. And we're comparing your votes on each position. So far, the goalkeeper is Bethente Guaita, left back Patrick Van Arnholt. And last week we talked about the voting was for Scott Dan versus Mamadou Sacco for the first centre-back position. And um, incredibly, it was Scott Dan who won out with 541 votes versus 197. An absolute landslide for Scott Dan there. Something I'm quite surprised about. You know, personally, I I think ability-wise, I'd still say Sacco's the better player, but Scott Dan has made such an impact at Palace. Easy to forget the impact he made when he joined from Blackburn. A great deal. I think it was only a couple of million quid with some add-ons. And he's just absolutely massive for us and quality player. So the first centre-back for the team of the decade is Scott Dan. Uh, Nick? It wasn't Gaeta who won the goalkeeper. It was Peroni, apparently. Our producer just performed this. Sugar. That's me writing something down that uh, I voted for (laughs) trying to change reality. It was Julian Speroni. You're quite right. Oh dear, oh dear, what happened there? Yeah, can't get the staff. No, you're right. Well, well corrected. That'll be what that weird noise was that I heard correcting me. There we go. So, yes, Baroni in goal, Patrick Van Arnhout left back, and first centre back, Scott Dan. Uh, we talked about Dan a little bit last week, and uh, it's sort of fitting that the last few games uh, Palace have played that he's been right back in form as well. So, week ahead, it's Aaron Wambasaka versus Joel Ward. I want to get the the views of the panel on that, um, and as we get another week to vote, Mister Mister Scott. 
Well, if if Dan has absolutely caned that in a landslide, um, and that sort of suggests heart overhead, um, it would suggest to me that Ward's going to give Wan-Bissaka a cane in as well, um, if people vote the similar way, um, going for sort of longevity, um, you know, being a real stalwart for the club rather than skill and, and maybe a shorter period of being amazing. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I think, you know, Wan-Bissaka proving at Man United what a good player he is. You know, he's a £50 million footballer, let's not forget that. So logically, if you're talking about talent, you're talking about the best player in that position, you know, you can't forget that a very inexperienced Wan-Bissaka won that position over Joel Ward and kept that position. So is is arguably a, a, a better player. Dio, what do you reckon? Uh, Wan-Bissaka, yeah, he wins it for me in that aspect. But then again, it's so weird because I do agree with the Scott Dan bit. So it's a bit, I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle. It's like, how can I vote Scott Dan? Because Sacco is a better player, but wait for Wamba Sacco over Joel Ward. But I think it's just it's the fact that Scott Dan, he was, I mean, before the captaincy thing happened, he was re- pretty much um, solid at the back. He was one of the better players at the team. So I'm not really that that surprised about the Scott Dan thing, but he has to be Wamba Sacco in terms of right back, especially talent wise, because he's one of the best right now in the Premier League as well. And Joel Ward, he's been a great servant, but if you're talking about talent, there's no question about it. Hold up, hold up. Why have we only got one centre back? Uh, you do, we'll is, do the other one. We'll do the other one next. After, oh, okay, okay. After right back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, why we, we can only play one centre back? It doesn't matter. We have got Roy Hodgson. So, <laughs> yeah, he's not. He's not quite that mad. Um, actually, that's really unfair. I'm, I'm pro Roy at the moment because we're probably because we're not playing any games. But <laughs> you miss him now. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do miss miss the old the old guy. His little face. One shot on target. <laughs> now is not the time come, joking, on, guys. come on come on positivity <laughs> Nick what your, your thoughts on Wambasaka versus Ward Ward nearly got a chant didn't he I remember it seems aeons ago that we were talking about getting Joel Ward a chant in the old, old Homesdale radio days um, and we thought very very highly of him and, and like Dan he's been a terrific servant to the club but I used to in- I used to wake up on a Saturday morning and look forward to watching a defender when Wan-Bissaka was playing. And that's never, ever happened before. Maybe when I was younger with Kenny Sampson, but he, he's just one of a kind, Wan-Bissaka. So unfortunately for, for Waldy, although Ward deserves a lot of recognition for his longevity, um, that one season of Wan-Bissaka was worth 10 of what Ward's done. Just skill and excitement and getting the tackles in. It, it, it's just criminal that he had to go so early. The fact was, he's a Man United fan, and of course, he's he's going to want to go and play for them. Um, it would have been nice to see Juan um, Bissaka uh, play for longer. Perhaps that might even put people off of him. Who knows? Well, Ward has got a, a chant now. Um, the HF boys um, started one, and they circulated it. I think I think before the Arsenal away game this season. It's the uh, we've got Joe Ward on the right song, which which is great, but it's it's quite it's quite <laughs> low um, in terms of singing it. So you, you see like three hundred guys trying to sing it, but it doesn't really project very loudly because it's it's quite low to sing. So, but it is good. It is good. Can you sing it for me? I, I don't know the chant. <laughs> no, remind you a bit of reminding. Right, uh, here we go. Yeah, Afterwards, go though, Nick, you've got to sing the Joe Ward chant that that we had um, on the show from way back when. I'm sure you can remember it. 
Oh, but the, uh, the the one to the tune of Jolie. That's it. So I think the new one is, we've got Joel Ward on the right. And then there's some other words. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's the Buckethead song. Plays for yeah. Palace Day and Night. That's why we've got Joel Ward on the right. <laughs> Nick, what was the what was what was your rendition? Joe Ward, Joe Ward, Joe Ward, Joe Ward. I don't know. He'll he'll run it down the wing, take on your man, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, but there were there were about four or five different en- entries. Um, I can't. I, I, no doubt, some will pop into my mind during the show if they do. I'll, I'll um, pipe up. Not randomly in the middle of a sentence. Or, but, you know. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. Um, right. So let's talk a little bit about the um, what the club's been doing in the time away from the actual matches. We've had lots of memorable game tweets, which have really been great. I mean, one of the first things that I did during lockdown was repeatedly watch the Brighton highlights to keep myself cheerful. But so many great. Uh, matches being talked about. First one that cropped up, I think that I saw, was Charlton away, where KG scored uh, scored the winner there and told the story on Twitter. It is it probably number three in my most drunk at Palace matches. I've just got such strong memories of pre-game <laughs> where we all met up at London Bridge. Palace absolutely took over the Barraboy and Banker. There was huge. If you went went outside for uh, for a smoke or something or to get some fresh air from the carnage inside. You ended up having to queue for 20 minutes to get back in because it was a sort of one-in, one-out policy. And there's people up on tables. It was just, oh, I don't know. I've got some some amazing pictures from that day as well, which I have very little memory of taking. But such a great group of people, um, such a great atmosphere. The feeling of togetherness back then was amazing. And, of course, at the time, the games against Charlton were, you know, the whole Oh, way to Amarillo's song was was very prevalent, and that was that was the game where we properly sort of turned things around on them and and just handed them a a, a beating with a great goal. The HF were in a proper ascendancy ascendancy at the time. It was a um, very early experience of some pretty impressive pyro. A uh, massive uh, red smoke bomb went off when we scored, and the noise was just incredible. Uh, I got very little. Me- I, I left the pub. I remember just there was a whole horde of people and for some reason I was at the head of the group and we were all just singing and jumping around and all that sort of stuff and everyone was following me and I was too pissed to know where I was going so I took us all completely to the wrong train platform and we missed our train and then just having a a huge crowd of drunk Palace fans just abused me and and, and rightfully so. Um, It's actually one of my favourite memories but there's other things that happened. We we actually got to the, the right train platform, got to the ground, we went to a pub there which again i have no memory of but later on people were telling me about some of the stuff that was going on and i was up on a table and we pulled some netting down and a, like a cowboy hat fell from the netting and apparently i managed to frisbee it across the pub and it landed perfectly on someone's head and their reaction was to stop for two seconds cheer and then down their pint it was that kind of stuff it was it was just an amazing amazing memory anybody else remember that game <laughs> you completed it <laughs> like you've done it you've, you've said it like it's done on to the next one yeah a bit early for, it was um, early for you wasn't it DR yeah yeah game wise yeah go into the game so. just l- looking at some of the players on that clip it doesn't seem that long ago but Johnny Parr um, loved him playing there um, but KG um, bit of an enigma wasn't he he never the same when he came back uh, 
from the World Cup, really, really big. He just didn't cut it anymore, no, did he? But he was, uh, um, he was a good player. For managing a, a South African club now. I can't remember their name, but I, I looked him up. Um, yeah, to, he, ret- he went to was it Cardiff, I think. Yeah. After us, and yeah, ended up not being renewed. He moved to South Africa, played like ten games, and then ended up having his contract cancelled because he was too heavy, shall we say? <laughs> um, bless him. But uh, great player for us for for a long while. And who can forget that contribution in the the two nil uh, victory over Brighton in the playoffs where he laid the ball off for Wilf? Fantastic stuff. Um, next game, Dr. You will remember this one, Chris Dan Bull, the three three. Um, just amazing memories of that. Were you were you there for that one, or was it a TV one for you? No, no, no. I was there. Uh, Whitehall stand. Um, it was like I was watching the videos yesterday from after Palace Twitter posted it, and the flashbacks that come into my head: Luis Suarez crying because of Dwight Gale and Yannick Palasi has to be one of the greatest football stories out there. I mean, the fact that we were three 0 down and they were singing about nine nil. They, they, that's because I think they needed to score nine goals to go ahead by goal difference. So they were so confident. And the fact that not even just them two, Damien Delaney, like players like this, with all due respect, ending hopes of players like Luis Suarez is just fantastic. And that day I lost myself. I always say I lost myself, but that day I literally fell down so many rows and <laughs> and I was so young as well. It's like... That's I'm still traumatized by that day in a way. I don't know if I'm traumatized if I'm excited, but it was such a wild, wild day, and I'll do anything to go back at that stage where Dwight Gale scored the third goal. Yeah, I mean, I I still to this day think it's the loudest we ever got at the Celeste. I just, and it was from the second that that the Delaney's goal went in that it just the noise noise levels and just the intensity, and it was I said before when we talked about it a couple of times on this show, I'm sure, but. You just knew. You just the second that it went in, we were just like, "Well, it's obvious we're gonna we're gonna come back. We might even win it." It's just no doubt whatsoever. You could see the Liverpool players kind of just shrink, and the Palace players grew, and it was just unbelievable. And Balassi absolutely tearing them apart. Poor Glenn Johnson never recovered from that. I mean, he was he was so struggling at the time anyway, but was just embarrassed repeatedly. And oh man, it was just I just can't ever imagine feeling like that i mean i can remember um celebrating the goals and there were there were definitely well there were three liverpool fans in front of us who managed to get into the half away uh, one of them couldn't handle it even at half time with them winning and just went but the two two of them remained because we knew they were liverpool when we were scoring those goals we were jumping on them and celebrating like pretending like obviously yeah yeah your palace but just really shaking them about and they were just they just had to take <laughs> it it was so good that was the, the most amazing celebration. I can still see in my mind's eye Glenn Murray with the best chest on of the ball in football in history for just to put Dwight through. They had they had some special chemistry, didn't they? We we haven't had the same since really. No, you we? don't get partnerships sort of like, you know, the kind of telepathic stuff that they were showing and they, they didn't play together anywhere near enough really, but you know, it's also hard to forget it's, that it, was under Tony Pulis as well. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> it was loud, so loud, though. I, I was in the uh, family end of the main stand, and that was rocking. I've never seen the whole of the main stand on their feet cheering a goal before. It was, it was unique. But you're right about when Delaney scored, everybody had an inkling that something might be happening here. And Liverpool just collapsed, and it was it was beautiful, beautiful to watch. Mike, 
and seeing Suarez not being Mike, any experience from you on that? Show yeah, I was in the Arthur Waite um, and I distinctly remember there was plenty of people that were really annoyed about standing of any variety. Um, so I kind of watched the majority of the match um, sitting, you know, managing to push my rather large legs in behind the seat in front. And every time I stood up, there was a, a couple that were really pissed off. That's that's mainly what I remember about that game. Um, and one of the reasons that the Arthur Way is uh, a thing of the past for me. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a shocker, really. But, <laughs> but I'm sure you enjoyed it, though, right? Yeah, I was pretty pissed, to be honest. <laughs> that's fairly standard. Um, another one that, that cropped up... Um, it was either today or yesterday at the time of recording, was a 3-0 victory over Cardiff. And that one just, uh, again, I, that was a, it was a way, and I, I remember being there and just witnessing probably one of Jason Punchin's best performances in a Palace shirt. And a lot of people reminiscing over that one about, you know, he got some stick at, at times from people and, and some people didn't rate him, but just how hugely important he was for, for a long, long spell in that Palace side. You know, starting off as a winger, then obviously moving moving in field and, and you know, becoming a real f- sort of force in there as well. You know, and it was several seasons where he was incredibly influential and seemed to pop up just when we needed him at times. And um, just the third goal there as well, witnessing Shamak's lovely little step over and then a glorious long range strike. You know, that brought the memories back, and that was critical at the time to to keep us from uh, being in danger of relegation. This was the away game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first ever away game as well. I remember that. I went by with the club coach and I remember, I think there was horse racing that was going on at the time. Was it Cheltenham or something like that? And I remember everyone going crazy about that at the time. But yeah, um, it was a fantastic day. It was great experience. But I mean, since then, the club coach, no, no, no. I mean, I'd rather walk to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the club coach is that kind of thing that you you do. They They have like, one, once a season when it's free usually when people would do it um, and then there's a sort of standard group of people that go and have, have kind of adjusted to it but it's really not the thing to do um, and I've talked about it on this show before but they one of my you. worst worst ever days on the club coach was Everton away when it got called off and we were about five minutes from the ground so basically I got on the club coach for best part of 10 hours for, for no reason and um, I've never been back since <laughs> horrific horrific experience the thing that I don't get is that they rush you. Like, I mean, yes, we want to go home, but it's like, go get your food in five minutes, come back. Like, it's like, I'm like, let me have a breather. Like, I've been stuck in this club coach for like how long? And you're going slow as I might as well swear as well because Mike needs to be fuck. And then, yeah, it's like, it's like, come on. Oh. Yeah. Well, they, they also, they take baffling routes and they pick the worst services to stop at. It's just incredible. They seem to, you know, structure it to to cause the most amount of grief possible <laughs> to your to your journey. But there we go. Look, it's a vital service for some people. Final one. You probably well, you weren't even born. I'm sure you know you weren't dr. But it was a Wolves FA Cup game when uh, when Palace won four one um, and scored four of the most incredible goals you will ever see. And if you haven't seen it yet, get on the Palace Twitter and check it out. It's unbelievable. Chris Armstrong. Um, just come off a ban for use of marijuana um, and just played out of his skin in that game, opened the scoring with an overhead kick. Then Ian Dowie, you know, playing for Palace, if you can imagine such a thing, if you, if you didn't see him, 
managing to sort of chest the ball and spin volley it in one motion into the roof of the net. Just an astonishing strike. The third one was from the sadly departed Darren Pitcher, who um, chested the ball about, must have been 35 yards out, and just rocketed a volley into the top, hitting the sort of actual top corner, rattling the stanchion and dropping in the net. Just absolutely stunning. Before Chris Armstrong finished the scoring by smacking the ball from a ridiculous angle, and it actually got wedged into the top corner of the goal, something I've never seen before or since. Just absolutely unbelievable performance, and just four of the top ever Palace goals. They talked about best ever Palace goals in the um, in the preview coronavirus pod. If you haven't listened to it yet, you don't really need to listen to these in order because you know they're gibberish. Um, but yeah, also I, I wasn't. I wasn't a Palace fan at the time. Um, I was cast out athletic. Probably was the only thing I got to see at that age. Um, but the the season um, sort of VHS videos for those seasons for Palace, somebody's kindly put on YouTube for the majority of the early nineties. If, if you're really bored, I mean, the, the, the footage can be a bit scratchy, um, but they're, they're worth a watch if you're uh, if you're missing some old school Palace. Absolutely right. And we're we're nearing the end of our football content. We're doing our best. <laughs> but some good news stuff from, from Palace and Palace-related people. Uh, the first was Wilfred Zaha uh, and his... Well, he's, got a, he's got a business where uh, him, him and his colleague um, have sort of high-end luxury apartments for business people. They're like short-stay apartments and things like that. They seem to have been fairly recently launched and they've just reached out on social media and just offered them for free to NHS staff, which was an incredible gesture made all the more incredible by huge swathes of general football people and specifically a whole bunch of Brighton fans having to kind of eat that little bit of humble pie and tweet him saying, you know, what an incredible thing it was and how they'll have to think twice before giving him stick at games and all that kind of stuff. And kind of amazing when, you know, you can put that level of hatred that they do have for him to sort of one side. And it kind of just shows you that's the, the kind of together, togetherness that we need at the moment, I think. Yeah, I don't think it will change the stick. I mean, they'll still give him stick by it. That won't change it. But the thing with Wilf that you have to consider is the fact that he has been given money to charity since the start of his career, pretty much. So it's not a thing of a publicity stunt or something like that, which some people may suggest. It's the fact this man genuinely has the wealth so he wants to share it out with people that's in need and you have to take that into consideration what a man he is because he's been a local boy for how long and he's trying to help out the people in London of course and other places and I mean it's it's absolutely brilliant and credit to him what a, what a guy someone to look up to yeah absolutely right he's you know he's been a role model for a long long time like you say I think it's his whole career 10% of his salary goes to charity and he's never changed that and, you know, looks after his family, looks after his friends, looks after his local community. Uh, just a top, top man. And great to see more people recognising that. Yeah, but even with the charity thing, they don't really, I haven't really seen, I mean, I've seen when Matter, for example, he decided to give money to charity. There was lots of talks about that. But with Wilf, he's been doing it since the start of his career. But no one's really been talking about that. That's what I mean. Like the news is always so negative around him it's just, it just feels like there's an agenda of course with this one they're going to mention it but he's been doing this for how long now and yet again people don't know this so it seems like it's something new whereas this is wealth i mean this is what he does he gives to the people need but yeah it's just annoying in that aspect 
Yeah, it shows a sense of humbleness, in it, if he's not going around bragging about it and, you know, people are, people are just finding out what a kind bloke he is. But fair play to him. Quite a lot of footballers do it. So, yeah, well done. Absolutely. And as ZO properties or ZO properties, uh, whatever it is, but, um, you know, obviously yeah, they're not doing it for publicity or anything like that. But, um, hell, you know, I hope they do get um, <laughs> some positive publicity from it. And there's certainly lots of people have noticed it, which is great. Um, but other other than that, Palace just doing an incredible job at the moment. It's going to rattle off a, a couple of things, and then Mike's going to tell us about something that came out today. So first up, just you know, Steve Parish out in the press straight away saying Palace will be paying their staff in full during the time that uh, the football is off, uh, protecting jobs. No one's losing their job or anything like that. And that was way before the government announced any kind of backing for that position. So you know, tremendous credit for the club doing the right thing and just shows you just a nice healthy reminder the kind of people that are in charge of Crystal Palace Football Club they do have a social conference the work being done in the community by Palace for Life Foundation is incredible um, and doesn't get enough attention Um, and this just showing you again that mentality that the club have a proper community club um, looking after its people yeah you 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 forget that you know we've multinational and virtually countries owning football clubs it's often forgotten that actually the the football club where the ground is is the heart of the community it'll always be that way and you do wonder if foreign owners coming in or anybody coming in from outside the area know how much that means you've you've only got to look at Mike Ashley in Newcastle but yeah lots of fan groups lots of clubs doing really well it's good to see. exactly and you know you want this to be showing the way for people and you know, lots of people are talking about the current situation and how it might change society, and this is the kind of change that we we want to see. But I'd say it's in, in keeping with how Palace have operated from from day one under CPFC twenty ten. Another thing that came out today, which is absolutely incredible, and and just you know, sort of came out of the blue, really, from a from a tweet from someone who'd experienced it, and it seems that Palace are ringing all the over seventies season ticket holders and, and members, and talking to them, and just making sure first and foremost that they're okay and they're they're able to answer the phone and just asking if they need anything and, and trying to support them and you know who knows what kind of responses they're getting I saw someone joking that if they ring if they ring their father all he'll say is am I going to get a discount off my season ticket um but you know sort of humor aside it's an incredible thing to do and just being that community community minded and and you know, not seeing your season ticket holders as customers, seeing them as people. You know, you've got to commend the club for that and just an incredible piece of work. And Mike, something about the training regime was released today. Yeah, I know a few people have been sort of wondering when the Premier League starts, what the fitness situation will be with the players. Um, and Sky Sports News did a rundown of all the teams that it knew of in the Premier League. And I think the EFL as well, uh, where they knew saying what the the players are doing um, and it looks as though it's it's a spread between um you know letting them go um letting them do their own thing and trusting them um or setting them a uh, physical fitness agenda which seems to be what palace have done so they've gone to each player given them a tailored fitness plan asked them to go home and do it so um you know you'd imagine they're still going to need a couple of weeks when they come back to get back to fitness and maybe the first couple of games from, from all the teams will be a bit more lacklustre than, than usual. But um, yeah, they're, they're obviously still in touch with them, still telling them what to do each day. So that's that's interesting. Indeed. So we had a couple of um, bits of communication from the listeners. I'm going to pick the uh, the one at the top of the list. I don't know if you've got some others, Mike. 
But um, there was a thing that happened on Twitter where a, a guy was sharing some artwork he did of um, of a, a picture of uh, Vicente Guaita with um, you know made out of with sort of other palace pictures superimposed in the background. Really nice piece of work. But he was sort of sharing it and, and praising the uh, praising the person that did it. And apparently, I saw some picture that the actual piece of art's been delivered to him. And he's just. He's one of those people since it's gone quiet with no football who's just reaching out, following people on Twitter, engaging with them on Twitter, um, just getting so much love at the moment. And that sort of that the sort of question, and it's not I don't even know if it's even a question really. I suppose it, it ends up as one uh, from John, just sorry Josh F. Uh, and he's saying, "Is it the best thing you've ever seen since the games were stopped or ever?" And um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the best thing I've ever seen uh, a Palace player do. Um, might have a little think about what that might be, but it's just in keeping with the man. He really gets Palace and really understands, you know, that that he is loved at Palace and and, and he's reciprocating. And um, that's why he will probably go down as a as a Palace legend by the time he's done here, as long as people don't, you know, no one comes in and pays too much money, and we have to we have to wave him off. But um, fantastic stuff. Anything else on there, Mike? Yeah, uh, unless of course he goes to Man City next season. Um, Darren Broadfoot has said, is it acceptable to put your children in the cupboard if they're getting on your nerves? Um, seems as if it's exceptional times. Threatening them with wearing Brighton, Watford, Millwall and Charlton kits isn't working anymore. Uh, Darren, feel your pain. So I've got two kids and going to be having them in a one-bedroom flat for certain times. Um, then uh, Will Luck has asked if we discuss the most over and underrated players since we got promoted. So maybe we'll include that in one of the future pods. Uh, quick answer, most underrated, i.e. most overrated, Jordan Much. Um, Gareth Shapiro has said his first game was Saturday, Saturday the 7th, 2005. Drew 2-2 at home with Southampton. On the way out, I overheard a young lad say to his dad, that result helped neither team, should they have let us win? His question is really, should they have? Um, I mean, yes. I, rem- yes, <laughs> I remember it well. That was. I'm assuming he's talking about the, um, the Ventilla miss followed by the Higginbottom equaliser. Um, a, a sort of period of play that's one of the most devastating I've ever witnessed as a Palace fan, and it was it was completely pointless for both teams. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Well, 20, fifteen years on, it's still bothering him, so that's good. Uh, and Charles Meyer has said, "How about we set up a FIFA tournament amongst Palace fans? Um, we'd need some sort of rules for teams, games, format, etc. Uh, if you want to do that, probably DR's the man to talk to, and DR's the man to kick your ass as well, Charles. So." Um, I'd imagine if you want that, if anyone wants that, just either send us a, a DM or send, yeah, just just tag us and we can start something for people. But um, I'm very much a Brian Lara cricket 2009. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right, Mike. I think we, we share that. Uh, Mikey did try and actually do something much, much earlier then tried to reach out to some Liverpool podcasts. But obviously the, the FIFA hype went late in Orient's way, so it, it kind of got lost. But if you're interested in that, uh, drop us a message on any of the social media mentioned before or email us high at back of the nest.com. We'll see if we can put something of some sort together. We're, we're more than willing whenever uh, to do that. So yeah, Mikey will organize it. He'll probably play, but he gets very angry. So I imagine we'll make DR beat you all. So, uh, uh, you still, still good at FIFA DR? I don't really play anymore. I don't really play anymore, but that's, I'm all right. But it's just in my of the days where... Me and Mikey used to play FIFA together and how annoyed he'll get and he'll just be so hilarious, like in terms of you would a couple things would break. Let me just say that that's how bad I mean, I think that you know, if 
might have heard something from from Mikey there. It's a shame his microphone is so bad at the moment that he probably can't stop me from talking about some of the things that went on. And if there's any podcast where it's the right time to do that, maybe it's this one. Um, no, no, I will say that there was an occasion where Mikey sent me a um, Facebook Messenger image of what happened to his controller after after a game against DR. And I think it was probably that was the one where it was maybe in about three or four weeks, DR, before he spoke to you again. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> lots of things happen in that in that in that phase, and I was so baffled. It's like, <laughs> why is he taking it so serious? Well, just in Mikey's defence, though, because he'll quite rightly be thinking that if I'm talking about his FIFA rage, mine is considerably worse, and I will acknowledge that with no further comment. Yeah, you've only played that. Once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember I played you once? I think it was nil nil when I rage quit. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think I gave away a penalty after in the first minute, and then that was it. Yeah. Anyway, good time. So that is the lot for your football chat. Reviews, predictions, comments, and rants. Send us your voice clips on WhatsApp. 0203 575 1266. Okay, so we've got some general conversation now, and this is where it literally it's anything that kind of occurred to us over the last few days. We thought we'd have a chat about, try and lighten the mood a little bit. And one of the things I came across on Twitter, uh, and there's a lot of these types of things going about, but this was undoubtedly my favourite because it just reminded me so much of the kind of thing that DR would send to our WhatsApp group at random times. You know, usually they were about spiders and things like that. But let's have a little listen now. I just got into work this morning, boys, and um, my manager's son, he works for NASA, and uh, they just had like a massive meeting as well about the whole coronavirus thing, and a bit of inside information, um, we will be going down on lockdown soon, but they reckon the government won't be able to handle it, so what they're saying is if the police and the military, if they um, if they fell in controlling the people to stay in uh, like with a curfew that NASA are going to let the aliens patrol the streets with their ray guns and um, if you're seen after I think it's 8 o'clock they're going to zap you but yeah that's just some inside information for you lot to know probably be coming out in the news soon but uh, yeah man stay safe <laughs> you know I just turn can you imagine turning on BBC, BBC News at six? Aliens will come down to protect their ray guns. Fucking hell. Honestly. I just, I just love that's the bit. The bits that I like most were the, the, the alien, you know, obviously my mate's son works for NASA, which was good. But I, I just, yeah, the mention of ray guns. And if, and if you're outside after 8 p.m., they're going to zap you. I mean, it's just absolutely glorious. Interesting fact. I uh, I bought weed off that man in about 2003. <laughs> Yeah, he was probably still talking about ray guns then, wasn't he? So. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. It's the seriousness of his voice as he says it. He says, "This is kosher. This is, you know, this is real. You know, believe Absolutely me." Absolutely right. I mean, it's up there. The one that's got the most popularity <laughs> was the guy who I, I suspect from from some of the tweets I've seen is actually a, a Palace fan who um, put a similar voice message out. Um, about the fact that he's heard that the army are going to take a responsibility for feeding everyone by making a giant lasagna in Wembley Stadium. And he went on to describe how they'll put the roof over and the lights will cook the giant lasagna before they start dishing it out in portions to people. So, I mean, 
I, you know, that's the sort of stuff I like about in the current crisis. But DR, do you do you feel that that clip was slightly reminiscent of you and the kind of shenanigans you get up to? No, not really. I enjoyed it. I mean, I retweeted it on my Twitter account. Um, but I've never done anything like that. I, I don't know where this agenda is coming from as well. Um, the fact that I would say something like that at a random time. Why have I said that's crazy? You love conspiracies though, right? I mean, you've yeah. definitely messaged me with some from voice memos with some conspiracy theories. 100%. I can't remember them annoyingly, but you have. There's different ones. There's different ones. I can remember some of them. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's because I'm falling around. Like, I get bored and I just, I'm like, all right, let's make a conspiracy up right now. Half the time, I don't really mean it. I mean, actually. Only half the time. Actually, actually, there are sometimes. What's the latest conspiracy? Do you remember it? I can't remember the latest one you said. I, I, I really can't. But I mean, I was saying earlier about how easy conspiracy theories are, and you could easily, hmm. you know, argue anything in the sort of coronavirus situation. Like it was all Deliveroo or Disney Plus because they're just launching their streaming service, trying to keep people inside. That kind of rubbish. Sorry, Nick, you wanted to say something. Yeah, when when John Squire left for Stone Roses, um, and they were due to play Reading in their infamous shite gig performance that made me walk off in disgust i casually told a friend that johnny marr was going to replace him and six months later somebody else told me and it was common knowledge that johnny marr was going to um replace john squire in the stone roses and it was just my bullshit and it was the best conspiracy i've ever done it's amazing because it's just really enough to be possible isn't it that's the thing it's got to be just really enough to be possible the ray guns were the aliens that ain't that ain't. But, but his mate's son works for nasa that's why Come on, mate. Yeah, I suppose that that could swing it a little bit. Could swing it a little bit. So yeah, and he he went on a school trip to CERN as well. So it, that nails it really. Doesn't <laughs> so it? on on the 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 current topic, you know, you could I've sort of got this under the category of how dumb are people, and I don't know if if anyone on the panel has experienced some further dumbness. But the thing that it almost makes me want to cry. But it, it, you know, in other circumstances, it would be considerably more amusing. But the number of different pictures and videos of empty beer shelves, except for Corona, how, how can you, how do you explain that? It's absolute madness. Imagine not buying a beer because it's named similarly. To, do they, do they think that Corona is linked to the help? Well, the, the, the fizzy drinks, you can't get them for love nor money now. So they've, they've stopped making them. So it must be true. You know, you can't get the Corona drinks at all. Our whites only now in Sainsbury's. But really, people really that stupid. And is that real? Is that not set up? Because I, I don't believe that's true. I mean, it could be the fact that Corona is an absolutely terrible beer and should be the bottom, <laughs> bottom choice for everyone. Uh, but yeah, I, I've seen a fair few pictures the last couple of days, especially since the pubs were closed. People saying, oh, there's no bees left. That is just categorically not true. Every shop I've been in, they've got so much extra stock in um, and my fridge is absolutely brimming with random random Romanian beers that I'm going to get through in the next couple of weeks. But I think... Or you just just WhatsApp your local shop, as I said earlier, and he'll put a couple aside for you. You've got to make these relationships in your community if it's going to work when the shit is. You turned into a proper community member on this pod, haven't you, um, Nick? Um, but the thing is, Mike, um, you probably, <laughs> you're the, probably the only person that lives in your area, like in terms of 
where they live in Hastings. What's the population yeah, of Hastings? Like 25? It, it, it's true. It's, <laughs> so, it, it, it's yeah. fairly quiet. Yeah, it's fairly yeah. quiet. I mean, in London, I went, I went to the shops and I was so baffled. I could... I had to buy a mouthwash because there was no water left. So I'm just... Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. I can't let that go. <laughs> you, you wanted water? Yes. And you, so you bought mouthwash? Yes, because there's no water left. What am I going to drink? <laughs> <laughs> You've still got water here. Look, don't get me wrong. There's still water in the house because we, in general, we, we buy like stock of water. So there's water from previous times. But if once that water finishes, there's the thing where I'm not going to have tap water. So I need to make sure there's a, something on the side. So I bought alcohol-free mouthwash. Just what? What? What do you mean? What? 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 Straightforward. What, what am I going to drink? Uh, I mean, just there's water in taps, isn't there? No, but not in. Yeah, okay. Like, taps in this current environment. You want me to drink water in taps? <sighs> when you when you make a cup of tea, do you put the mouthwash? <laughs> I still haven't reached that stage. I, I still use a mouthwash for me. what is needed to be, but. There might be times because it is getting out of hand where you might need to drink mouthwash. So I bought one. There's, you can only buy one anyways. There's no mouthwash left. So that was my last resort. There's only one left in the shelf that I could buy. Um. So yeah, but it's what it is. This is one of the occasions where I'm going to need the help of the listeners. So when you get to this podcast and you, and you hear what we've just heard, can you, I can't find the words right now. So can you help me out by just sending us a short message to hi at backofthenest.com, just explaining to DR um, some of the issues with the comments he's just made. That'd be really appreciated. And if you've also managed to listen this far and, and still not turned it off after the mouthwash conversation, just message as well and say that you're still listening because I can't imagine there's too many <laughs> of us. Oh, there's so much more to come as well, though. <laughs> Wait yeah, till week we've got, I mean, we've got at least half an hour left of this and there's there's a quiz coming, so don't turn off or, or fast forward to the quiz. Um, so I think we, it's time for time for another clip. And this time we've got a WhatsApp story from Rory. Now, last last Corona podcast we did, so Corona podcast one, we talked about uh, a question from you, Nick, um, where you were talking about what's the most unwell. You said unwellest, but I'm not going to repeat. What's the most unwell you've been at games? And um, well, Rory introduced us to the the very concept himself. So here we go. Hi, Chris and team. Hope this whole virus thing's going well for you guys. Um, you said to get in touch if any of us had stories about being particularly unwell at the game. Chris, you mentioned specifically shitting yourself. Um, I can't say I've ever done it in my exact seat, but there was this one time many years ago before the dizzy heights of uh, this thing we call the Premier League uh, when Crystal Palace offered a Super 6 ticket back in the old Championship. And uh, I had one of these, and um, there was a game, I think it was against Ipswich, maybe Derby, one of those teams we forget about that never really do anything, um, but always hope to at the beginning of each season because of their heritage. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, many months passed, and uh, I, I became quite unwell with the gastro situation, shall we say. 
um, which rendered me um, incapacitated somewhat from going to work and partaking in daily duties. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't till uh, the day itself that I suddenly came to realise that um, I actually had a game that I was committed to. So I um, so I checked and you know trains and everything as usual and uh, it was a weird kickoff time. It was a it was an early kickoff on a weekday and I don't quite know why, but it was it was the case. It may have been over a Christmas period, perhaps. Um, so I came up to Norwood Junction as I used to do back in my days of being youthful and invigorated by life and uh, around one o'clock I suppose I turned up only to halfway up on the train journey to suddenly realise that there'd been a fixture change some some weeks earlier and that the game was now moved to an evening kickoff. so not only was I bunking off work but I had the I had the uh, company of the cherry trees for around five or six hours with the most chronic case of the shits I can remember since my mate Stag do in Latvia where we all drank what we thought was healthy water, which was uh, also another story I could tell you. Um, as you know, the cherry trees isn't or hasn't always been the best for hospitality with our creaking door that doesn't lock. Um, it was okay the first 17 times I went, but as it filled up with um, Palace fans later in the evening pre-kickoff, it became a bit awkward. Um, so yeah, I left uh, a bit of a legacy behind there, or a bit of a legacy, shall we say. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys haven't had to, um, you know, partake in the displeasure of such an occurrence. But if you did, I, I'm there with you, and um, we can stay strong. Stay strong. Much love. Oh, this is Rory, by the way. Just getting some self-isolation out by the river, breathing in fresh air. Now, I've got to say that that story resonates with me because I used to frequent the cherry trees a lot more back when I was uh, drinking a lot heavier. And it, when you, if you get in there, as I often did at opening on a match day, with no one else having used the cherry trees toilet, it's already borderline health hazard, right? It, it is problematic. As Rory says, the door doesn't lock. And you have, if you're, if you're struggling with, what sounds like a, a chronic shits condition that he was suffering on that day. You have to kind of really sort of dice with the devil to block that door from being opened and do your business. Uh, and as the place fills up, it becomes more and more complicated and more and more concerning from a health level. And I can imagine by, you know, shit 15 or 16 that he experienced there that, you know, he was having to try and hover above the piss stained bowl whilst, trying to wedge the door shut whilst making some quite incredible noises. So I have to say, Rory, that one really, really does does sort of resonate. Yeah, I mean, that's that's an incredible story. Thank you, Rory. Um, can I please ask that no one else possibly sends any more in um, similar? Or if they're going to be an illness-related one, can it be something other than a shit-related story? Um, that would be nice. Um, secondly... I would say of all the toilets of the local pubs, um, there's none worse than the cherries. So um, you're very unlucky to have ended up in there. Thirdly, let's spare a thought for the, the the growing throng of people that had come just to enjoy some palace that evening, because I would imagine the noise from that toilet just just echo straight it back into the bar. Um, so you've probably scarred a fair few of them for life there, Rory. Um, and I don't, doubtless they will contact us and tell us their side of the story.
I bet those that are listening that haven't fast forwarded quiz <laughs> wish they have now. Um, <laughs> um, toilet stories are very bad. I, I remember when I did my slow motion falling over in the cherry trees, and you told me to go and get cleaned up. And I said, "No, I'm, I'm all right. I'll just stay out here with mud on my hands. I won't go in there." I once I once got trapped in a toilet in Greece. Um, thought I was trapped in graph paper because the ground was red and somebody had spiked my drink of acid. That's my worst toilet story. But I generally thought for three hours that I couldn't get out of graph paper. <laughs> I mean, that's Be impressive. I mean, they are, they are always going to... Uh, give us a story but you have just reminded me of when you slow motion fell over in the cherries i still quite don't quite understand what happened <laughs> um but but it was funny <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was oh my story um i've got a couple but i'll go with the one palace related one um leicester away hambo uh driving up there and i mean i don't know what it was but it just it kicked in all of a sudden um me needing to go toilet and what was it i think it was a number two that i had to do so yeah, yeah we're in the car and i'm about to burst like it's reached that point i'm about to burst and we go to leicester and we can't find a car pocket spot typical um until we go to a pub then i do my toilet there and then i go to the game i still have to do my toilet that game was the most horrendous wonderful if that makes sense game because we beat them three nil um i think and but 20 minutes of it i had to spend in the toilet despite going to the toilet pre- previously i mean it was the most horrific horrific got, away game i gotta say this because like you when i picked you up in uh it was three bridges station when you got the train down from from croydon to to meet me i picked you up and just we just pretty much drove straight there um you always moan at me for trying to leave too early so i always sort of back down and, and pick you up later and then we end up with about five minutes to get to the game by the time we're nearby um but anyway i when you got in that car i swear like you were pale already and you were just kept like you were really shifty like and i was like what is what is up with him we we definitely stopped like at least one services and you you didn't take that opportunity then no I wasn't. you are so so lucky that I took a chance driving down a road and we happened upon a parking space right outside a pub. Like it, the, the chances of that actually going well for you were, were like a, a thousand to one at least. And oh. you, you got away with that because I think you're about 40 seconds from shitting yourself. Yeah. And otherwise I would have shut myself. Like, yeah, as you said, I would have shut myself. The thing is I, sh- I, I went to the toilet. I didn't have anything to eat. Then I still had to go. It was so confusing. I was like, well, it was the morning. I mean, I didn't have nothing much to eat. It must have been my weekly. But I normally shit often. I don't know. How to... <laughs> it's, it, was, it was the most confusing day because I usually <laughs> always shit a day. So I would. I don't have much left in me to shit. But that day I had, it was like round one, round two, round three, go. Like it, it wasn't. Can we move on? Oh. <laughs> yeah, please. But, but Hamburg, just to ask, if he had done, oh, you'd give him a lift back. There's a whole host of things that would have to have happened before that, <laughs> that occurred. Um, you know, I mean, off the top of my head, he'd have to have em- emptied out a bin and made the bin liner into a nappy. Um, that That's one idea um, off the top of my head. But hey, well, look, let's, let's move on from, uh, <laughs> from that story that went slightly differently than how I was interpreting yeah, I wouldn't share quite so much <laughs> about his habits. <laughs> um, wow! Well, oh I think it's time. I if you, I got a, a bit of stick 
on on the preview pod. Um, in particular, you know the references to to pegging, which I've got to say, and and a couple of times, I think Sam and and and, and Albert sort of tried to say that you know it wasn't it wasn't my dating story that one. It was um, a story from someone on the show's friend. Let's leave it at that. Um, but you know, I mean, pegging was discussed, and I'm not going to go over that again because there's more than enough pegging chat on the on the preview podcast. But as a slight amount of revenge, Albert this week shared with us um, a situation he was having. Obviously, we we're all talking about how well we are and whether or not we're having any issues with the virus. And a kind of cryptic message from Albert started with, um, "Have I told you about the virus I've got?" So we're like, "Okay." All right, what's what's going to happen here? Shortly afterwards, Albert sent us a picture. Now, this picture will be available to see if you're listening via the Acast app because it allows us to insert pictures at certain times of the podcast. So you can check it out there. And we're also going to hopefully include it on the podcast app, apps as the actual picture for the show. But essentially, I mean, you compared him to Leslie Ashnick. It's essentially, um, Albert described that he initially had a sort of sore itchy hands which then uh, swelled up there you go swelled up um and then sort of felt a bit of a weird sensation on his lip as he was going to sleep and then he woke up with what can only be described as blowjob lips um yeah it was on his top lip it wasn't the bottom lip that's what made it look weird it was just he'd have collagen in one lip uh, sent a subsequent picture where he sort of posed coquettishly um and I've got to say, it, you know, it definitely did something for me, and we'll perhaps share, share that as well. But um, incredible scenes, and um, well, Mike, you 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 saw it. Your thoughts? I wouldn't have recognised him to be honest, um, but I thought he was going to tell us that he'd, he'd come down with with COVID nineteen. Um, but no, he he just looked. I don't know, like. Um, like he'd been born with a serious brain injury. It's, re- it's really hard to explain. Until you see the photo, um, I don't think he's going to get off too lightly in the next preview pod, definitely. I, I think Terence is going to rip the shit out of him. I mean, it, as w- the worst thing was that, you, you, he, you know, you, in that situation, it's actually quite concerning, really, because you've got, you know, it's obviously some kind of allergic reaction and all that kind of stuff. But we couldn't, you can't give sympathy or, or concern at that point. It took me... About half an hour before I sort of thought I better put some suggestions in because I, my stomach was hurting so much from laughing. Because I mean, it doesn't help that it's Albert because you know what he's like. You know, you've, you've all listened to him on the on the preview pod and on the main show at times, and you know, he, you know, he's not taking it too seriously, and he's deliberately trying to make us laugh. And you know, let's face it, he succeeded, but he got zero zero sympathy. And we will share that glorious glorious image with you um, as part of this podcast and on the Acast app. So do check it out. Um, another little bit for you, another clip coming up, um, something that, again, lightened the mood that uh, I saw on Twitter during the course of the week. And everybody, obviously, in the country is being affected by this and trying to find some way of keeping normality. Our, our way of keeping normality is to carry on podcasting and, and keep chatting uh, amongst ourselves as we usually do. Um, and there's a rugby commentator called Nick Heath, uh, and an article came out in The Poke sharing what Nick had been doing to try and keep his life in order. So let's hear a couple of clips from that now. 
So this the international 4x4 pushchair formation final and uh, well we've got the upfront pair of course so Johansson and Ericsson from Sweden and they're in with the Brits here uh, in Smith and Black and they're doing particularly well of staying quite close with them around this very delicate bend of course they're pretty familiar with this course and uh, well that's what saw them become European champions just a few months ago great to see them back crossroad dash light turns to red we wait for the beeps there they are now then jd sportsman he's got a decent start leggings on the outside oh jd sportsman's been distracted over the shoulder and leggings is going to get there oh she does it again three titles in three days off past vegas gold for the lap of honor victorious <laughs> and there are accompanying videos if you search uh, the poke website for nick heath you'll find that article I've got to tell you, there's more than that, um, and those are just two, two we picked out. I mean, the first one is is essentially in a park following four people who are pushing pushchairs, uh, making out that it's some kind of a race, which is pretty good. But the second one, you know, he's standing at a crossing in quite quite a disturbingly busy street and um, shouting quite loudly that commentary as people try and cross the road at some traffic lights as well. Um, it's just brilliant stuff. Guys, you've seen the videos um, you know, don't know if there's anything much else to say, but what DRU in particular were quite surprised that he was genuinely following people. Yeah, I thought it was a like a voiceover. I didn't realize it was actually following people. Can you imagine walking? It's like you've got all this virus stuff and going about, and you're like, all right, let me just not walk the baby, but I guess push the baby um, on a well, not wheelchair, but <laughs> I'm having a brain fart here. <laughs> Yeah, push there. Yeah, imagine pushing, and then you see some guy behind you. I guess he's around his thirties, forties, just shouting and saying, just shouting weird stuff. I mean, the world has gone bonkers, man. Honestly. Yeah, you know, people cope in their own ways. I very much enjoyed that. Anyway, Mike, a couple of bits from you coming up, which I'll hand over to you for. Well, now the preview pod. Um, I asked them to to share their uh, their worst dating stories knowing fully well that Terence would have about 50 of them um, and the other two who are uh, monogamous, lovely gentlemen, uh, would not. Uh, so he gave us, if you, if you haven't heard it yet, um, one that went quite harrowing um, in the end. So I thought I'll share, I'll share a couple um, and then we'll get listeners to tell us their dating stories. If you want to send it via message on Twitter, that's fine. Or if you want to send us a voice clip, that's fine. A handbow will give you the voice clip number at the end of the show. So let's talk about OkCupid, which Terence mentioned uh, he'd had some success with. Um, I don't know if success is the right word. I've been on it a couple of times. Um, and the last time I was on it, it's an expensive, it's a very expensive habit. You meet in London, um, you know, even if you're splitting the bill down the middle and if, if you're not then uh, i find that a bit weird anyway but you know it's an expensive habit three or four times a week you soon get sick of it and i'd got sick of it and I, this particular woman probably caught me at the very end of my tether um now first of all she posted a lot of pictures but only from one particular angle um which i found a little bit odd but she seemed nice she seemed chatty so I met up with her um she arrived very late um and obviously that's some people's uh you know that's just the way they work but she was best part of an hour late so I was a pint or two in already I'd waited outside for a while and then uh got annoyed with that and went inside when she finally arrived um I first of all realized why she'd sent pictures from that particular angle um and she had obviously very self-conscious about um 
a, a chin condition. Um, I can only describe it as sort of Jimmy, Jimmy Hill esque, um, but but to one side. Um, so yeah, a, a little bit weird, but you know, you, you get on with it. Um, you, you think, well, maybe you could be honest about this in the first place. That's that's not a problem. Um, she then she spent about the first hour of of, of being there, not asking me anything whatsoever. Um, just telling me about the the Jewish dating site that she'd used um, and how that she'd had um, quite a lot of issues with finding someone good on a, on a Jewish dating site. Which the only thing I really pointed out was you already have trouble meeting nice people on a dating site, let alone then uh, limiting your uh, your clientele down to just Jewish people. So yeah, I, w- I wasn't that surprised. Um, and then after she'd finished talking about that, she she wanted to talk about the fact that she volunteered at the Samaritans, which was you know I, I was I was very interested in. Um, but then it quickly turned into she was clearly trying to sell the Samaritans as a volunteering work, um, and I felt like <laughs> it, it got to the point where the Samaritans had big <laughs> had decided that they would use OK Cupid as a way to get more people. So between in, in the first sort of two hours, um, all we talked about is jewishdating.com um, and the Samaritans. That's that's absolutely fine. Um, and I'd come to the end of my tether. Uh, you know, I'd already been, I don't know, a dozen dates with people, some of them nice, some of them less nice. Um, so, you know, she, she caught me on a bad day. And I did say to her, you know, do, do, do you want to ask me about me? Um, and... She she didn't really say much. She was like, "Okay, well, what 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 do you do for a living?" Um, you know, and I, I said at the time um, what I was doing. And she said, "Oh, well, I, I guess um, I guess that's quite a low wage, low wage job." And I was like, "What? Well, I've, <laughs> I've had enough of this." <laughs> I my peroni that was in front of me. I just finished it. I just put it down on the table politely, and I said, "I'm off. I, I've had enough. I, I I really don't need this. Um, you've not mentioned me at all." Um, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'll finish my pint. I'm going to go. That's nice. She then messaged me the next day um, to ask if I wanted to meet up with her again. So, <laughs> um, yeah, she, she was the, she was the worst one. Um, and, and the only other one that I'd say, um, it was a bit more tragic, really. Um, I, DR probably doesn't remember MySpace, but um, I was, um, I was, I was, a, I was, I was touring in a band at the time. And, and this person actually got hold of me on, on, on MySpace. Um, and I, I think quite young, you know, um, quite, quite low self-esteem as, as musicians tend to be. Um, I met up with her. Um, she, she wanted to meet exceptionally late in town, which was, which was fine. Um, and again, was, was a bit later than, than I was. Um, she turned up absolutely plastered, like properly plastered. Um, but you know, tried to pretend like she wasn't, uh, very nice, very attractive, that kind of thing. Um, chatted but clearly she wasn't remembering anything I said um so I said you know let, let's just let's meet for another day um you know you've obviously been out a little bit already um she said no let's um let's go to a club um I know <laughs> I know a Greek club where they smash plates and I was like ah, you know what it's a it's a week day I'm not really into this um so the next day um I thought nothing of it I thought you know she's clearly hammered didn't really hear from her a few days later um, she emailed and said, "You know what? What? What did I do? Uh, what did I do that was wrong?" And I said, "Well, you, you were you were really drunk." Um, and she's like, "No, no, I wasn't drunk. I was on drugs." And I was like, "Okay, well, you know that, that's 
that's a, that's absolutely fine. Um, and I said, look, I, I'm not really looking looking for that. So her reply wasn't to send me any replies to my initial criticisms. It was to send me some some naked photos um, where she was like on a cracked den bed, like it was on the floor. Um, so it, I don't know. It looked like it was it was it was just like a mattress with nothing on it, and then like this sort of, I don't know like an art studio or something that she was living in, um, and it was like quite arty pictures. Like one was just of her foot. And I was, I was just like, oh my God, this is, ah, oh. I didn't reply to her. Anyway, about a year later, I got a message on Facebook, I was still on at the time, from one of her friends saying that, um, you know, Joa spoke really, really highly of you, um, but she's died of a heroin overdose. And I was like, fucking hell. Um, oh my God. So, I'm so gl- glad I didn't <laughs> chip in with, have you still got a number in the middle of that? Because I thought it was um, funny. Yeah, so, um, yeah, she's... Um, <laughs> She's no longer with us, but uh, I can't put that as my worst my worst day experience. It's, it's, it's tragic, but um, yeah, I've definitely had a, a fair few dodgy ones. I've got a question: How do you find these people? I mean, you know the phrase. You know the phrase. You are what you attract. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that phrase. That's how. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, um, absolutely. I mean, she, apparently, she came and watched us at one of our gigs, and and obviously thought that I too. <laughs> enjoyed a bit of the brown stuff uh, which I didn't um, so yes the other one okay Cupid um, you can get on there very useful site but um, steer clear of anyone that talks about the uh, the Jewish dating site jewishdating.com well there we go I mean I, I I don't have a specific dating story to share now, but I'm, I'm going to try and lighten the mood of mine and then we'll see what the hell Nick and DR have got, if anything, for us. Um, but I, um, back in my, my early 20s, I was was living with a with a girl and she, yeah, she, she was a lot of fun um, and I was a bit of a, a bit of a nightmare back then um, in terms of being quite sort of erratic with my behaviour in general. And I think we kind of... <laughs> yeah, we're worse than I am back now. Back then. Um, <laughs> Slightly, no, matured, that can't slightly, be true. ever so slightly, and um, so we. I mean, in this shared house, we you know we had a couple of other mates living there as well, um, and we were. I think we decided to have a barbecue or something that day, and anyway, so we were we were hammered from very very early on in the day. A load of people came around, and we're like, okay, we better better get this barbecue on, and then you know, essentially realised we had we had a, a physically had a barbecue, but nothing else. Um, so my mate Paul was sort of like, right, I'll do it. I'll sort it all out, but you've got to go and get some, some fire lighters and some charcoal and some food, right? Just go, go do that. Pretty basic instruction. But as I say, we were, we were very far gone by that point. It was like well into the evening and we'd probably been drinking and and other things, um, from, from very early on that day. So we went to the shops, but unfortunately by the time we got to the local shops, we had forgotten our purpose um completely and um at the shops was a pet shop and i spent 230 pounds on the supplies to keep a rabbit and bought a rabbit uh and then took that home walked in the door then remembered seeing my when as soon as i saw my mate's face remembering that i was supposed to have bought fire lighters and had in fact bought a pet rabbit and that rabbit um, stayed with me in, um, for, for quite a long while. It was essentially our child, and um, and I got it in a, in a slightly messy divorce. And then, um, yeah, 
it ended up living with my parents until it uh, till it passed away. So there you go. That's my story. Oh. Um, but it was it was a lovely rabbit. That's all I've got to say on the matter. Did the <laughs> rabbit die of a heroin overdose? No, no, I won't go into, into you know, it, it, you know, she lived a good life. That's all I'm going to say. It's a very sad. If I start thinking about it too much, I'll uh, I'll probably get a bit emotional. Um, so, um, Nick, what have you got? The day I met Rachel, um, we got given a cat. <laughs> Somebody went down to shops post clubbing to buy a can of nourishment, because that's what we had. We thought it was the superpower that kept us going for a few more hours. And uh, somebody gave us a cat. So we took the cat to the pub. Um, and we eventually we took the, the cat to the uh, Rolf Harris Hospital and uh, Holloway Road. But, um, and it got cured and then went to live with my friends. But, yeah, that's, that was about the most exciting romantic thing that's ever happened to me. Apart from the once when I split up from a girlfriend and then spent the evening dancing on stage with supermodels while Boy George sung Starman. Love that was know. quite good, but I might save that for another um, time. Kernas, you're probably a bit young for dating. You got yeah, nah, I haven't. I'll just keep it fairly short. I mean, you lot have been going on about this dating thing for so long, so yeah, I haven't. I won't be waffling, waffling about anything. Fair enough. Um, and you've given us the mouthwash story already, so we probably can't ask too much more of you. Um, Mike, COVID-19-11. Yeah, I mean, nobody asked for it. Literally no one asked for a COVID-19-based uh, Palace Eleven. So uh, Sam Clacker and myself came up with some. Uh, feel free to improve on them. Um, send in more. Maybe we can come up with an absolutely perfect Eleven by uh, by the 12 weeks. Um, some of these are poor, um, starting with the goalkeeper, because we really haven't had that many goalkeepers. Um, Alex Kalinklo on toilet roll. Uh, we've gone with... Uh, <clears throat> on the left, we've gone with uh, Johnny respiratory issues. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you know, sometimes you kind of do stuff before an actual show just to mm. see how it goes with a crowd mm. before doing it live. I think play on, yeah. Mama yeah. you, Mike. Sack off work and sit and watch Netflix in your pants. Uh, Fitz Hall's menthol lozenges. Now, we could have easily gone with Joel Ward on the right here, but we didn't. We went with uh, Aaron Wuhan-Basaka. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You've redeemed it slightly. Let's go. Tommy Blackout after home day drinking. Uh, Matthew <laughs> Flemini. Uh, yeah, nice, nice. Now, this was Sam's, not mine. Aki Rihilati. Oh, Aki. Oh, I see. I see. All right. Wilfred Sars. <laughs> Alexander sore throat <laughs> and up front Jermaine Easter well well if you can improve on those and my god I think you probably can do apart, get in touch apart from Aaron Wuhan Basaka oh no that that is superb there is no improving on that um that's that's, that's, that's excellent work um, yeah, if you've got any of those, email hi at backofthenest.com, tw- uh, get in touch on any of our social media, or perhaps leave us a voice message on 0203 575 That's WhatsApp uh, voice memos rather than an answer phone or anything like that. That's what that is. Okay, well, it's that time again, Mike. It's time for Mike's Quiz of the Week. Hey, we really need a jingle still, if anyone wants to make one. Um, so last time there was some allegations from uh, Christopher Hamblin. Uh, towards Samantha Clacker that perhaps she cheated, and then oh, and 
and producer Michael Fairley is also certain that uh, Sam cheated. I just thought yeah, I'd like to say that. I just alleged it, whereas he is flat out saying it happened. Several listeners also um, allege his cheats. So um, I thought I would play with the game a little bit and make sure that you can't cheat. So I'm kind of doing it backwards. So if you didn't listen, um, I'd nick to the idea from the football ramble where um, you uh, you asked, you, you say, oh, this, this player's played for this many clubs. Uh, can you name them? So um, I think we've done Wayne Hennessy um, and we'd said he played for five clubs and, you know, Hambo knew two and suddenly Sam knew three. Well, this time I'm going with, I'm going to tell you a fact about a player. I'm going to tell you when he moved to Palace in his career and you're going to try and guess who it is. Um, so there's no way to sort of Wikipedia it or, or, or Google it or that or that kind of thing. So um, we're going to go through, uh, I'm going to tell you, for example, I don't know, he joined Palace from X and X uh, in this year and it was his fifth club. And you can try and tell me who it was. So um, do you, are you guys up for that? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um can I suggest that if we struggle to know the answers, you start to maybe list the clubs if that's possible? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I've got some easier ones if, if it's if it's too hard. Uh, I'm going with one that I reckon is medium hard to start with. Um, Hambo, you started before, so maybe start with DR. No, nah, I start with Hambo so I could get the grips of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's start with Nick then because Hambo's out. It started last. Week. Yeah. Okay. So oh, I'll be the guinea pig in 2012. Uh, this particular player joined Palace from Ipswich Town. Yes! Damien Davis. Yes, absolutely amazing. Okay, good work. So um, it, was his, it was his fifth parent club. He'd been on loan a few times. Um, he played three years for Ipswich, 98 times. Uh, ended up playing for Palace 170 times. Um, would you possibly know how many goals he scored in that time? Would you want to have a go? Damien Delaney scored. Oh, it's close. He scored six goals. in 170 appearances. So, yes, um, excellent work. Okay, right. So, this gentleman, um, he joined from Fulham in 2011. And this will be to you, Hambo. Fulham in 2011? Yep. Uh, Kagisho Dikachoy? Yes. Boom, good, good Lord. Excellent work. So uh, Palace was his fourth club. He started at Bloemfontein Young Tigers, then off to Golden Arrows. Um, I assume they're still in uh, the Safa region. Then ended up at Fulham, played 14 times, joined Palace on loan, ended up playing with us 92 times. Um, and I do love a bit of KG. So uh, pressure, <laughs> pressure's probably on. They are and you probably yeah. should have just gone. <laughs> Um, so he actually joined this this player joined from Ipswich Town where he was on loan in 2009 jeez Ipswich in 2009 so uh, I don't I don't <laughs> I won't even lie and waste your time I don't know what, what happens now uh, well if you want to pass it up pass it up to the next player so Nick do you want to have a guess Ipswich Town 2009 uh, he, joined us he from them on loan. loan. He joined Is it Freddie Sears? He was at Ipswich on loan and he came to us from Ipswich. He's already on loan right. there. So Freddie Sears. Let's, let's give you another... Uh, Hammer, you have a guess and we'll give you another clue. Well, I've, I've got two in my head and the, 
I'm, I'm going to go with Darren Ambrose. But I yes. Think he is. Okay. It is Darren Ambrose. So he, he was, I, I thought if I told you he was in charge, oh, it would be too easy. Um, so went with, he was at Ipswich on loan in 2008, 2009, barely played. Um, obviously after period of being out of favour and you know what he did for us afterwards. So I believe that's two points for Hambo, one point for Nick and nothing for DR so far. So Hambo, uh, back to your good self. Uh, this player joined... Sorry, sorry. Isn't it my go? Sorry, I thought I was doing a bonus for, um, uh, for DR. Well, no, because then, then, then he's had one less go, hasn't he? But it's, it's your go anyway, sorry. Um, so this player joined from her to Berlin in 2004. Hertha Berlin in 2004. Yeah, I know this. Mm, Marco oh, Reich. Uh, uh, goes to Hambo next. I mean, I know Dion knows it, so I'm sort of tempted to get him a point by getting it wrong, but it's Gabriel Kirai, isn't it? It is Gabriel Kirai. 198 games for her to Berlin before he came to us for 104 games. And what a man, what a man. Uh, posted a rather sexy picture of him on Twitter yesterday. Happy to repost <laughs> if people want it. Um, so, another player that joined uh, from Charlton Athletic as his parent club uh, in 2008, Dion. 2008. I mean, technically, it's my guy, isn't it? What? Isn't it? Sorry. No, yes, hang on. It is. No, is it Nick DR me or Nick me DR? No, no you're I'm right. wrong. It, yeah, you're right. You went second, yeah. yeah. Oh, hang on. So that was... So, uh, joined from Charlton in 2008. Charlton in 2008? <laughs> <sighs> hmm. Who the hell have we got from Charlton in 2008? How long did I get this, my go? Oh, I can't believe DR's got this and I haven't. You were eight years old, DR, when this guy joined. How do you know? Because uh, he's a very well-known player. Is he? Yes. Oh, why am I telling you this? <laughs> <laughs> go on, DR. Put us out of a Paddy yeah, McCarthy. It is indeed Paddy oh, McCarthy. Shit. 29, 29 games for Charlton before he went on to play 134 games with us. Um, and... Yes, what a lad, what a lad. Um, so a less well-known player, although still an absolute legend. Uh, DR, he joined from Derby County in 2011. Derby 2011, all right. The first name that came into my head was, what? what? Oh, no, he won't be Joe Lilly, he came from Celtic. 2011, he, he joined in 2011, Derby County. <laughs> I'm not too oh, sure. Not yeah, I'm not too sure. Okay, pass, pass it over to Nick. Derby County, 2011. Oh, I don't. I haven't got a clue. Uh, Ledley. No, it wasn't That's Ledley. Went to um, it is Dean Moxie. Yes, absolutely. I was about to give another clue. Uh, played three years for Derby, 52 games. Came to Palace, played 91 games. I thought he played more than that. I won't lie to you. Um, <clears throat> So let's have one more round. Um, oh, sorry, have we finished that round? No. Yeah, that was Dio. Dio got it wrong. Then Nick right. got it wrong. Yeah. Right. So, Nick, uh, this player, he joined from Luton Town. Yeah. In two thousand and four. Two thousand and four. What year? Two thousand and. Uh, and he's a legend, is he? 
I would say he's quite a legend personally. Um, I will. He 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 played a decent amount of games, a couple of seasons worth, sixty nine appearances for us. Love sport, Nick. Okay, oh. no, it's Chris. Gone. Emerson Boyce, isn't it? It is Emerson Boyce, indeed. Excellent. <clears throat> so, let's go to yourself. Um, so, this player started his professional career at Palace in two thousand and three. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is the worst clue ever. <laughs> yes, it is. How dare you? How dare you? Um, started his. So that was his professional Palace career. Can, I don't suppose I can get. Any indication? Of, well, I suppose he would have been a youth player, wouldn't he? Right. So, um, uh, oh. his his youth his youth career, I don't know. I'm afraid. I told you they get a bit more difficult. Um, 2003. Yes. How don't you know this? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm passing over to Dr. Straight away. I don't, I don't know it. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Um, okay, well, let's give Nick one go. Can I, can I, can I have a punt? Can I have a punt? Yes. yes. I'm going to have a punt at... Oh, hang on, no. That, I've just done the maths and that's insane. Let me have a punt at someone else. Um, I'm going to go with... Oh, let's go with uh, David Woosley. There you go. No, it's not David Woosley. Uh, Nick, have a go and then I'll give you another clue. 2003. Started what was the year? Sorry, 2003. Okay. Well, let's give you another clue. He's currently in Nottingham Forest. Anybody. John Bostock. No, it's not John Bostock. Damn, and the maths again. That was idiotic. I'll go away. They are. Oh, uh, I, I think I think I might have it. No, right. yeah, maybe Lewis you'll have, Graven. You'll have, to, you'll have to wait. No, no, two guesses. It's not Lewis Graven. I think he's at Middlesbrough, isn't he? Uh, um, Dia? No, <laughs> I'm going to up this guy here. Oh, Ben Watson. <laughs> it is Ben Watson. My next clue would have been he went off to Wigan after us, and I was absolutely oh. gutted at the time. Um, okay, so um, let's have. Should we have one more? Um, oh, right. no. Yeah, so one more for DR or you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this player, um, his sixth parent club uh, was Crystal Palace in two thousand and three. Yes. <laughs> Went on to play for one hundred and twenty six appearances at Palace. Yeah, so in two thousand and three, I was barely walking. Um, so what was I doing? <laughs> very, very famous Palace player. In two thousand and three. Yeah, carried on until two thousand and seven at Palace. So okay, he carried on till I was seven years old. Um, <laughs> um, jeez. Oh, hold up. So this is one of the old boys, yeah. Would You're I... trying to buy time. Go for it. Guess, guess. Go. Um, I feel like you would pick this man because of the bands. <laughs> Was it be Shipley? No, it wouldn't be Shipley. No, I've deliberately not mentioned him in this list. Um. Nick. No, it's not AJ. Chris. AJ. Club, right? Yep. Michael Hughes? Yes. Michael. Oh. Hambo's won this game. Hambo's won this game. Um, Yes. Cabot Rangers, Man City, Strasbourg, West Ham, Wimbledon, onto Palace. So, yes. uh, We can get more difficult. We can go further back in time. We can come nearer in time in the future. 
which seems a little bit unfair on DR as we're going for older players. But this one definitely hand by with the victory. I hope people did well at home. Yeah, thank you very much. And um, I'm happy if the quizzes are unfair to DR. That's you're just a cheat. It's fine. I mean, you was thinking it's good. Your acting skills are good, though. Uh, oh, 2003. Um, let me just Google. Um, who joined in 2003? Um, how would I? Yeah. What? How would I? What? What Google would I do for that? I don't know because I'm not the cheat. So the track is not on me. Yeah. What's yeah, your mouth out, DR, accusing yeah. him, him of right, you know, That, that so game's right in my bit. wheelhouse because, you know, I do spend long periods of time thinking about what clubs people played for and when that's why I was so devastated last week to lose to Sam. <laughs> so um, there you go. And, you know, the really weird thing, and this is honestly true, Mike has, will, will verify that he's not told me anything. In the last probably three days, I have, I have looked at both KG's Wikipedia page and Darren Ambrose's Wikipedia page. That is tragic. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am a, a sad, sad man. Uh, just a quick reminder to download the Pitch Sport Football app, Google Pitch Sport Football, check out their website, download the app, get involved with us, and hopefully football will be starting again at some point in the not-too-distant future, and you can get your views on that, and it'll help build statistics and content for our shows in the future. Support them as they support us. Uh, be much appreciated. Uh, if you do want to chuck in any comments or any of your own stories, WhatsApp voicemail message thing, <laughs> voice memo message number is 0203 575 1266. Email hi at backofthenest.com and check us out on all of social media. Uh, subscribe, rate, and uh, rate five stars, of course. And there'll be many, many more podcasts to come. Thank you to Mikey for producing, to DR, Nick and Mike for joining me today. And as ever, for you for listening. And we'll speak to you again soon. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.